Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. ever received a knockout punch? I mean, does, has life ever thrown you a, a severe blow from time to time and you're thinking, man, what in the world am I going to do with this? Well, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Uh, I want to talk about this subject of being an overcomer. Uh, guys, there's, there's something that's going to happen to every single one of us. If we live long enough, every single one of us are going to suffer some severe knockout blows that's absolutely going to rock our world and knock us straight out on the mat. Now, when we are laying there on the mat, we have a choice. Are we going to get up and fight or are we going to stay there? And I think the only thing that can really knock us out is for us just to give up and quit and throw in the towel and say, that's it, I'm done. Or we can choose with the help of the Lord to rise up, refuse to quit, refuse to lay down on that mat and stand back up and look the devil in the eye and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I am going to stand and fight this battle, right? I mean, that's the decision and the choices that we get to make. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about a lot of different areas, a lot of different ways that we can receive this knockout blow. And then I want to share with you how we can overcome that because we're all going to experience them, okay? So before I get much further, let me uh, go to the Lord in prayer and you pray with me. Father, God, thank you so much for our time together and thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you for your sweet spirit that we feel in our midst today. And, and God, I just pray that you would encourage our hearts today. And God, we look around and and there's some, it's a devastating sight to see. And especially as we were coming through it all, it was just, it was just so emotional to, to watch the building being destroyed. Uh, but God, as Dave has said, the building, the church is not the brick and mortar. The church are your people. And God, we thank you, Lord, that we're still intact, that we're still solid. And God, we can overcome this. And I pray now you speak to all of our hearts. Help us, Lord, to, to focus on you here for just a moment. Help us to look at Scripture. Help us to realize that we're going to face some difficult times in our life. And God, help us to be able to put some, a, a strategy in place that we can rise up and be overcomers. And God, the day will come when we'll look back and, and we'll laugh about this. And we'll kind of see, God, your hand at work and see how you moved in this. And at the end of the day, God, we'll be giving you the glory for everything that you've done through this entire process. Help us, God, to look at that from that perspective. Look at this from that perspective. God, speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Being an overcomer. Guys, you realize that every single one of us are going to receive some knockout blows in life. There's people that have received a knockout punch from Satan or a knockout blow from just the world through their relational problems. Maybe there's a a husband or a wife that one of the spouse, one of the other has been unfaithful, which led to a divorce. Divorce is very painful, is it not? 
I mean, I personally have never been through one, but I've done a tremendous amount of counseling with individuals that have struggled in going through a divorce, and that is a difficult thing to go through. You know what that is? That's a knockout punch in a relationship area of your life. Think about a friend that has betrayed you. You had a friend that, boy, you just thought they would be there all the way to the end. And then all of a sudden now they have checked out of your life and they have betrayed you. What is that? That is a knockout punch. Think about the financial area of your life. There's people that have received this knockout blow because they go in on the job and the the foreman or the boss or someone tells them, you know, we're going to have to downsize and we're going to have to let you go. And, 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 And guys, you go back home and you're thinking, how in the world am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to support my family? And and, and what in the world's happening to me here financially, right? Everybody's been there at one point or another, possibly. Those are some knockout blows that come in your life. And how are you going to rebound from that? How are you going to get back up from that? We think about the physical knockout blows that we have. Well, what am I talking about there? I'm talking about you go to the doctor. You may feel a lump. You may have something going on. You're not real sure what it is. And you go to the doctor and they run some tests. And maybe they, they do a biopsy. And then the doctor calls back and says, by the way, I need you to come to the office. And he tells you that what you have is cancer. That is a knockout blow, right, Miss Diane, right, my wife Debbie, and those that have suffered and battled through cancer. By the way, let me call time out right here. This is a sidebar praise report. Uh, Kimberly went to the uh, hospital this week, Jim and Mary's daughter, and, and had a biopsy done and, and uh, was real stressed about all of that and was able to go to the hospital and pray with her and be there with them for a short while. And, but they got a report back from the doctor, a good report that it was not cancer. Amen? So give the Lord a praise all offering for that. I mean, that's the, that's the cause you want to get. But sometimes we get a knockout blow whenever we're told we have cancer or we have some type of heart disease or we have something going on physically that starts to wear and tear on our bodies and ultimately can lead even to death. Then we think about the spiritual knockout blows that we get. We think about how we're just so faithfully trying to serve the Lord. And it seems like it's, it's one step forward and eight steps back spiritually sometimes. And, but why is that? Listen, guys, if you're walking with Jesus, you will have some head-on collisions with the devil. Hello? Why? Because you are going opposite directions. If you're telling me today that that Satan really doesn't ever bother you, then, friend, he already has you. You are no threat to him whatsoever, right? But whenever you're walking spiritually and you're walking in the spirit of the Lord and you're, you're striving to live for him and you're living in Matthew 6.33 where it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and you're putting Jesus first in your life in every area of your life, I promise you Satan not, is not going to like that and he's going to do everything he can to knock you down spiritually speaking. Anybody ever been knocked down spiritually from time to time? Right. And then the other one is the emotional knockout punch that we get, a, a culmination of all these things. And it just, it seems like life is spiraling out of control. It seems like, 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 like everything is totally chaotic in your life. And emotionally, you become a wreck. Have we all experienced these maybe sometimes from time to time? You know what those are? Those are knockout blows that we get in life. And my question to you is, how are you going to respond? How are we going to respond? How am I responding to to all of this? And I promise you, it's hard, right? I mean, sometimes life gets very difficult and life gets very hard. How are we going to move forward? Well, without taking up too much time, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Job. Okay. Now, I'm not going to camp out there too long, but I want to wet your palate a little bit with this story of this man, this godly man in the book of Job. Job chapter number 1. I've got some scripture on the screen. It's on its way up. Job chapter number 1. I want you to look what the Bible says. 
The Bible says there was a man in this country of us named Job. And he was a man of perfect integrity who feared God and turned away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and his estate included 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 female donkeys and a very large number of servants. And Job was the greatest man among all the people of the east. Now, Job was a godly man. Look, it said he was perfect with integrity. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of godly character. He was a man of principle. He was a man of morals. And the Bible says that he feared God. Not that he was afraid of God, but he had this reverential um, respect for God. Okay? He feared God. And then it says he shunned evil. He turned away from evil. He did not walk where evil was. And he, he repented and he turned away and he, he kept himself clean from all of that. And the Bible says he was a very wealthy man. Jump down to verse number 6. It says, One day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. Now pay attention to this. The sons of God are coming to present themselves to the Lord, and Satan comes with them. I want you to look in verse number 7. The Lord asked Satan... Where have you come from? From roaming through the earth, Satan answered him, and walking around in it. In verse number 8, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Now, wait a minute here. I don't know about you, but whenever I read this, I'm like, God, what are you doing? Right? I mean, you just told Satan my name. Satan didn't go up there asking to get to Job, did he? Talk to me, church. We do better when you respond. Right? Satan just, he was going up, running to and fro in the earth and going up to the presence of God. And by the way, he can still do that today. He is our greatest accuser, right? He'll go up to God and say, hey, did you see what Eldon did the other day? Or did you see what John did the other day? Did you see what Jared did the other day? I mean, that's kind of what Satan's job is, right? So here he is. He's going into the presence of the Lord. And the Lord brought up this man named Job to Satan. The Bible says... Then the Lord asked him, or, or said to him in verse 8, Have you considered my servant Job? No one else on earth is like him, a man of perfect integrity who fears God and turns away from evil. And Satan answered him, Does Job fear God for nothing? What is Satan implying right here? Satan is implying that the reason Job has respect for you, the reason, Job, the, the reason that Job honors you, the reason Job is reverent towards you, is because, God, what you do for him. That's kind of what he's implying, okay? Does Job fear God for nothing? Haven't you placed a hedge around him, his household, and everything that he owns? And you have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything he owns, and he will surely curse you face to face. Satan is saying, why, sure, God, Job's going to... He's going to honor you. Look what you've done for him. And you have a hedge built around about him. And you've blessed him with all these things. But you drop the hedge. You let me get to him. Let's start taking away all these things. And I promise you, this man will curse you. And uh, look, if you will, in verse number 12. Very well, the Lord told Satan. I don't know about you, but when I read this, I'm like, Lord, what in the world are you doing? Right? The Lord said, okay, yeah, we'll drop the hedge. Very well, he says, he told Satan, everything he owns is in your power. Now, I find comfort in that. Guys, do you realize that Satan only has as much power as God allows him to have? 
Do you realize that our God is still omnipotent? In other words, he is all-powerful, right? Satan only has, he may think he has a lot of power, but he only has as much power as God allows him to have, right? I mean, that's what he says right here. Everything he owns is in your power. However, you must not lay a hand on Job himself. So Satan left the Lord's presence. And one day, now here we go. Satan's now is going after Job. And one day when Job's son and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, a messenger came to Job and reported, while the oxen were plowing and the donkeys grazing nearby, uh, the, the Sabaeans swooped down and took them away. And they struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And he was still speaking when another messenger came and reported, A lightning storm struck from heaven, and it burned up the sheep and the servants and devoured them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And that messenger was still speaking when yet another came and reported, The Chaldeans formed three bands and made a raid on the camels and took them away, and they struck down the servants with the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Verse 18, and while he was still speaking, yet another messenger came and reported, your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their older brother's house and suddenly a powerful wind swept in from the desert and struck the four corners of the house and it collapsed on the young people so they all died and I alone have escaped to tell you. You think Job's having a bad day? Hello? This didn't happen over a series of months. This all happened in one day at one time. While one messenger was telling him that, hey, all your oxen and all your sheep and all your goats and all your cattle and all your herds and everything are being destroyed and all your servants are being destroyed. And by the way, now all your family has been destroyed and the house has collapsed. Listen, all that was happening, boom, 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 boom. Have you ever felt like that from time to time? Have you ever felt like, man, it's, it seems like when it comes, it just doesn't stop. It just rolls in and rolls in and rolls in and rolls in. My question to you, who's allowing this to happen? No, 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 no. Who's allowing this to happen? God, right. Now, who's doing it? Satan's doing it. Who brought up the subject anyway? God. Why do you think? Why do you think God allows us to go through some trouble sometimes? I'm not going to answer that right yet. You think about that. But God brought up this subject. God let down the hedge. God told Satan how much power he could have. Do anything you want to to him. You cannot take his life, but do anything else you want. Listen, all of this is happening for a reason. Job is having a bad day. So I've been sitting back in the midst of this turmoil, thinking, God, what are you doing? For some reason, you have allowed the hedge to drop. And for some reason, you are allowing us to have one punch after another punch after another punch. I'll be honest with you. The last six months of my ministry have been the hardest six months of my... Actually, the last year and a half of my ministry has been the hardest year and a half of my ministry in 25 years of pastoring. Now, I could go into a lot of personal stories, but I'm not going to do it. But the lie, I'm just telling you, the hedge is down. But here's what I do know. God is still in control. Hello? You see, it's easy for us to praise Him in the good times. It's easy for us to pray Him when everything is going well. As a matter of fact, we all want to live on the mountaintop. You remember that in Matthew 17, right? You remember that on the mountain of transfiguration? Who was there? Peter, James, and John, right? They were there with the Lord. Who came down on that mountain of transfiguration? The Bible teaches us that Moses and Elijah came down. And of course, Peter's all excited. He sees Moses, sees Elijah, and he sees the Lord, right? And he says, hey, Lord, let's just build a tabernacle for all three, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, and let's just live here on this mountaintop. 
I don't know about you, but I would have enjoyed that myself, would you not? Just live life on the mountaintop. But you know what, guys? And, of course, the Lord, God in heaven, the Father, had to speak and tell Peter to hush. He's talking way too much, right? And sometimes he has to tell us that as well. But listen, you don't grow on the mountaintop, right? You grow in the valley. You grow through the hard places. You grow. And so I'm kind of looking around at all this saying, God, I feel a little bit, not to the degree of Job, obviously, but I feel a little bit like the hedge is down. I feel a little bit, God, like you're, you're, you're doing something. And I want to learn the lesson. Listen, I want to pass the test. Here's one thing I do know. If you don't pass the test, honey, you keep taking it. Hello? And you take it over and over. And some people are so bullheaded. And some people are so stubborn. And some people are so, they, they just don't get it. And they're wondering, why is it always had my whole life? Listen, you've got to pass the test. Right? At some point, you've got to stop and say, God, what are you teaching me? Help me learn the lesson here and have an aha moment. And when you have an aha moment, then God will say, he's got it. Let's move on to the next level. But you know what you want? You want some cheat book that will show you the passcodes and the keys to break into the next level without earning it. Now, all of those 35 and over, you don't have a clue what I just talked about. Maybe 20, 30 and over. You know, that's video games, right? People will go out and spend all this money on these video games and they want to conquer the world and conquer the whole system. And, and the next thing they know, after about an hour of frustration, they're Googling now for the cheat book. That's poor character. Play the game. Beat it the way it's supposed to be beaten. I wouldn't even go there and say much more about that, but I think you get the point, right? We bring that into our spiritual world as well. We don't want to pay the price. We don't want to go through the persecution. We don't want to go through this. But we must learn we must, right? If we're going to grow spiritually, we must. And I've got to move on. Those are kind of sidebars. But I want you to look at Job's response in verse number 20. And then Job stood up and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell to the ground in worship saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Praise the name of the Lord or praise the name of Yahweh. What a perspective. How do we have that perspective? How do we get to the point where we can have the perspective that Job had? Well, let me share with you about five different ways that, that we can overcome. Actually, before I get that, I want, you to look, I want you to look in Romans chapter number 8. I want you to see this. The Lord allowed Satan to deliver this knockout blow to Job, right? And he allows Satan to give us some knockout blows. I want you to get this, this one verse. Now, I don't have time to read the whole thing, but in verse 31, I want you to get verse 31 and verse 37. Those are two key verses. You can go back and put it all in context and read all that later, but time's going to, not going to permit me to unpack all of that. But in verse number 31, it says, What then are we to say about these things? Now, in verse number uh, 28, it talks about we know that all things work together for good. Okay? In verse number 31, what are we to say about these things? And it says this, If God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, that's the paradigm shift that we need to start having, right? Yes, we are in a battle. We are in a spiritual warfare with Satan himself. And we need to realize that we're going to receive some blows from the devil from time to time, right? But the Bible says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Look on down to verse number 36. As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long. We're counted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and tell them you are victorious. Go ahead. Do it right now. 
Listen, we've all received the knockout blows. Our church has received one, a big one here. How are we going to respond? We've got to know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We've got to know if God is for us, who can be against us? We've got to know that we have the victory in the name of Jesus, which is one of the reasons when we started this church, I named it Victory Church. I want us to be reminded that our victory is in the Lord Jesus Christ himself, right? So how do we overcome these knockout blows? I'm going to give you five ways that we overcome these. And these are five things I've been unpacking in my mind over the last couple of days. How are we going to rise out of this? How are we going to move forward? How are we going to face tomorrow? What are we going to do? These are five things that kind of jumped out of the scripture for me. And I stayed up late last night after we left this, this banquet and kind of was pinning some of these down and, and actually wasn't pinning them. I was typing them, okay? You know, and typing some of these things down and then I got up early this morning and, and kind of completed a thing and then I got here to the church and I ran back in my office and I put in one more that I needed as I was driving here that I thought about and, and so this is, this is about as fresh of a sermon as, as probably you've ever received. I mean, I finalized it like at 10 o'clock this morning in my office, Okay. But let me give you these five things, five things I think we've got to do in order to overcome. Number one, recognize that through the Lord Jesus Christ, God has made you and he's made me an overcomer. Okay? We're an overcomer through Christ. In Romans 8 and 35, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, because of you, we are being put to death all day long and we're counted as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. Guys, we are overcomers through Christ Jesus. We are victorious through Christ Jesus. And when you try to get up on your own, you're going to get knocked right back down again. We've got to stand up in the name of Jesus. We've got to stand up in his power. We are victorious in him. Amen? Amen? What's the application? Trust the Lord. Lean on him. We're overcomers in the name of Jesus and in and through him. Number two, jot this one down. Second thing we need to do is call upon the Lord to help us overcome whatever knockout blow Satan sends our way. We've got to get to the place where we call upon him. Amen? Listen to this scripture in John 4 and verse number 4. 1 John 4 and 4. It says, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Listen, you've got the knockout punch. You've got the secret knockout punch tucked away in your heart and your spirit in the person of Jesus Christ. You need to realize that, hey, you've got the victory, right? We need to call on him. We need to call on the Lord to help us. And the Bible says, matter of fact, in uh, we, we've got to understand that, that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Number three, jot this one down. And these are kind of thoughts that have been randomly coming through my mind, just bringing from Scripture how we get through all of this. Number three, remember that Jesus is the greatest overcomer. Think about all that he went through. The Scripture says in John 16 and 33, Jesus said, In this world you will have tribulations. We're going to have hard places. We're going to have hard times. We're going to face some very difficult situations. It may be in your relationships. It may be in your finances. It may be in your physical well-being. It may be in your spiritual life. It may be emotionally. All these different areas of our life, we will find and face some hard places. But the Bible says, be of good cheer. Through your tribulation, be of good cheer. Why? Why would we be of good cheer? And Jesus says, because I have overcome the world. Amen? There's our victory. It's in the Lord Jesus. Listen to this, guys. Whenever you feel like staying down, 
Whenever you feel like throwing in the towel, whenever you feel like quitting, I want you to know that our Lord Jesus Christ has already paved the way to victory for us, but we must call on him and we must remember that he is the great overcomer and we must stand up and fight this battle and move forward in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, not in our own strength, but in the power of our Lord. Everybody should say amen right there. Number four, jot this one down. Let the Lord fight your battles. Let the Lord fight your battles. In Zechariah chapter 4 and verse number 6, it says, Not by strength or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You need, to, you need to quit fighting by yourself. You need to stop fighting the battles, whatever they are that you're facing in your personal life. Stop fighting them by yourself. Trust the Lord. Let him fight your battles. In Philippians 4.13, I love that scripture. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Now, guys, we can't overcome. And number five, and I'm done after this one. This is the last one I ran to my office and pinned in because I got to thinking, I think I left out something pretty important. Number five is you need to have a regular time of prayer and scriptural devotion. Well, how do you fight this in the name of Jesus? How do I not fight this by myself? I get on my knees before him and I talk to him. I get in his word and I let him speak to me. People say, does the Lord speak to you? Every day he speaks to me. Well, how does, does he really speak to you? I don't know that I've ever heard him speak to me. He speaks to me every single day. How? Through his word. When I get in the word of God, it's God speaking to me. He speaks to me through circumstances. I mean, there's a lot of different ways God speaks, but his primary way is through his word. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through circumstances. He speaks to us through other godly people, right? He speaks to us inwardly through his Holy Spirit and his presence in our heart and in our life. I mean, just start listening. We need to have that regular time of just getting along with God. God, okay, God, I, I, am, I am laying face down on this mat right now. And that's where I was. That's where I've been for the last several days until last night. I was, I was a little bit embarrassed that we were inviting folks in here to have this Valentine banquet dinner. You know, because I want things to be nice for you. And here you had to come into this mess. And bless, bless, bless my wife. She kept, John, we're making it so pretty. And I said, you can't make that pretty. <laughs> yeah, we are. Come in and look. And Becky and, and everybody, they got in here and worked. They said, you want us to take these things? I said, no, just leave them up. Because Brad said something. As long as you keep your head up, everything's pretty. <laughs> I like that. I'll leave them up. Keep everybody's head up, right? When you look down, it's ugly. But there's a good spiritual application right there, right? If you keep your head up looking to Jesus, everything's beautiful, right? I won't, I won't break out and sing that old song, Everything is Beautiful, but it is when you keep your head up. When you start looking down and singing the woe is me's, life gets pretty ugly down there. But you have a choice. You're going to lay on the mat or you're going to get up. I don't know about you, but I choose to rise back up. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to stand and fight this battle. And I'm going to lead this church as long as God will let me lead this church. And I'm going to stand here every weekend and preach as long as I've got power in me to stand and preach. And together, I want us to look the devil in the eye and say, get thee behind me, Satan. We've got a work to do, church, and we can be overcomers.
But we got to rise up in the name of the Lord. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.